0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on you good humans and welcome back to guest episode number 76 of good humans podcast today is a very fun episode with a great friend of mine Fabrizi. Fabrizi is a FPV drone pilot, which is a drone pilot who puts goggles on his face and then flies around the drone as if it looks like he is a little helicopter. If you do enjoy today's episode and it's your first time here, please, please do me a huge favor, hit five stars, click on subscribe, click on follow, and yeah, come along this journey. Good Humans Podcast is all about learning from inspiring people about their journeys, what we can learn from their journeys. And what I really love to highlight is not only the highlights of each person's life and career but also the lowlights and go back in time and begin to understand why people are the way they are. And Fabrizi is a perfect example of this. He has a crazy upbringing over in Germany and, yeah, very, very fun story. If you do enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts as well. I would be very appreciative if you could do that for me. And if you do enjoy the sort of stuff I talk about with The Good Human Factory, please go over to thegoodhumanfactory.com. My mental health organization is all about doing things to improve our mental health. We have really fun merchandise over on the website. It does help us massively to keep this podcast going. It also helps us massively to yeah put on fun activations and run our school workshops with high school students all around the country. If you use the code podcast, you get a big 25% off all of our merch. So head over there, check that out. You're a bloody legend. All right, today, for breezy man. I met Fabrizi a little while ago and got to know him and far out. He's the sort of guy that you leave the room and you're like, I want to go back and hang out with Fabrizio again. Such incredible energy and one of the most incredibly talented guys you have ever, ever seen flying um, Yeah, a drone. He's a guy that I absolutely admire his work, I admire his energy and you're going to absolutely admire his story. So welcome to Good Humours Podcast. Fabio Tischler, Fabrizi, as yeah, I know you. That's probably better. How you going, man?
1: Yeah, pretty good, man. Stoked to be here, finally doing this and, you know, talking about uh, all sorts of, you know, what's probably what's up to. <laughs> yeah, man. Your life
0: is um crazy and we've, like, kind of bounced in and out of each other's lives over the last yes. couple of years and both been on our journeys achieving quite a lot over the last 12 to 18 months, which has been really cool, which we will catch up to in your story, but yep. we're going to get to know your whole journey. You've got a very unique story. You've come from overseas. You now live in Australia. And yeah, we're going to get all the way into it. But the first question I open Good Humans Podcast with is what are you grateful for right now?
1: Grateful that I'm able to do what I love doing. That's probably what, what I'm most
0: for, uh, grateful for at the moment. Definitely. Mm. I bloody love that because it wasn't always like that for me. No, and I know. Absolutely um, no. We're going to get into that as we go through this. So let's, um, let's kick it off. What's your I mean, not what's your name. Um,
1: let the listeners know who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So as, as you said, my name is Fabio. Um, I'm born and raised in Germany. So I haven't always lived here in Australia. And currently, I'm a full-time content creator who specializes in FPV drones. What does FPV drones entail for uh, people course, who yeah. don't know? Of course, true. I always assumed So FPV no, no. stands for first-person view. So basically, you fly drones that uh, are connected to a pair of goggles, which are your eyes. So you can you can see whatever the drone can see. And this obviously allows you to get a very immersive experience whilst flying a drone compared to a regular drone and also these kind of drones the FPV drones are able to capture a unique content because they're not limited to you know just going forward up and down they can basically fly upside upside down they can do loops they can go up to 130 kilometers an hour so they're very versatile very fast very extreme and uh, that really suits the kind of content that i like to capture with it bloody love that what got you into flying FPV drones um well, that's a long. What got me into it? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go all the way back to the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just while you? Yeah. So, it. um, what got me into it is a guy called Johnny FPV. He's until uh, yeah till this date one of the biggest or one of the most popular um, FPV drone pilots out there. And I saw a video of him where he was chasing rhinos somewhere in Africa, and the way he was capturing that video looked from yeah out of this world. And I once I saw this video, I looked more into it and saw more and more videos from this guy, and. When I saw it, I was like, I want to do this. So cool, man. Yeah. And you truly are doing it now with some yeah. of the best FPV drone
0: clips on this planet. Thank you. Which we'll talk about some of the accolades as we go through. But let's um, rewind back to the beginning because, as you said, you grew up in Germany. We're here in Australia now. So yep. how the hell did you get here? So what was family oh, life like as a kid? Yeah, what right. was school like? Let's talk about sort of growing up through yep. high school.
1: Okay. Um, so growing up in high school, I always wondered what I want to do in my life. And uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who, when they are in high school, even until now, in their, in their adulthood, they don't really know what they were doing or what they want to do. So growing up in high school, in Germany, the school system is very different to Australia, I think. So in year, fa- in year four, you the, the school system decides if you either proceed with, I guess, the bottom class school, which is basically you are not smart enough to go to uni, which means eventually they you know assume you do a trade or something like that Faculty right yeah, exactly which is a good job yeah mm. still but like the way they see it is like you do just simple work that doesn't require you to be educated wow. super yeah it sounds it's it's ridiculous then you have the middle path which is you're not really dumb but you're also not as smart so there may be a chance for you later on to um, visit uni and then there is the smart path which is basically you're one of the smartest in class, you get to go to um, a particular school that allows you then to do your HSC, I think, in Australia, yeah, yeah. which is equivalent. So you go to, you do, you go to high school for thirteen years. Is it about thirty percent, thirty percent, thirty percent? It's it's close? hard to say, to be honest. Um, back then, back in the days when I was growing up, I think majority of people were between the the bottom and the middle class, and only the, I think the top twenty five percent maybe would make it to the wow. smart school, right? So, the bottom class goes to school for nine years. Middle class goes to school ten years, and then top class goes to school between twelve or thirteen years, depending wow. on the state that you live in. So, relatively early on already, you get, I guess, divided into these you know genres, genres, and that really determines the way you you know get ed- educated, what you are exposed to, what kind of social environment you will fall under. So it's very yeah very class which is something that I never really appreciated and I think a lot of people would agree on that especially when they're from Germany so um, but to go back to that so in year four my school well my teacher said your kid is not smart enough he has to go to the bottom class which was hit in the face in a way right because how can you decide what my kid is capable of doing when he's only 10 years old right so luckily enough though another teacher uh, recommended my mom to send me to a school that Allows me to prove myself for another two years. So basically, you go in a school where they put bottom, middle, and top class all together, and they have two years to see if they resort, re- resort themselves, you know, have another chance, kind of thing, right? So my mom was like, "Hell yeah, we're gonna do this," you know. And funny enough, after two years, my teacher congratulated my mom's like, "You, your son made it. He's top. He's a top student. He can go to top class uh, high school," right? So, suddenly, within two years, I was able, I was, you know, from, from the guy who was, you know, um, stamped as the dumb kid, I was suddenly, you know, congratulated to being the smart kid.
0: Imagine how many kids get told they're the dumb I know, kid. Exactly. Misdi- not misdiagnosed. No, but of like, course, yeah. You know what I mean? Get told, oh, probably not, but they were just a year away from a few things. Exactly. That have just gone on the and life of completely... Yeah,
1: crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, to me already, that is so, such a fucked system, to be honest, where... Is it still like that today? Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is. And you're such a... You're still a kid. You're still a kid, bro. At 10 years old. Like, you don't, you don't want to go to school. No one wants to go to school at this age, you know? And uh, you... and Based on... Based on math, English, or German in my case, and some other random subject, the school system determines your kid is smart or your kid is dumb. Stupid. But anyways... I went to this other school then, was able to complete my uh, so-called right. gymnasium. That's what it's called, a top-class um, kind of school. And I graduated. I finished my HSC in comparison to Australia. Um, almost didn't, though, because I was very bad at math and also was forced to pick subjects that I was not passionate about. And come, passion will, you know, will, you'll come, we'll come back. Story, with, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wasn't passionate about most of my classes because it was biology, physics, chemistry, math. And then english and german all that kind of stuff so something that i wasn't passionate about but yet i had to once again you know pull through in order to get this piece of paper that will then allow me to go to university you know Um, as i said almost didn't graduate but did make it then and especially the last three years i think on my high school education it became quite evident that i still don't know what i want to do Mm -hmm. something that i've thought of my entire life my dad always asked me what do you want to do kid when you grow up and i could never tell him what i wanted to do did they have any sort of pressure pointing you in any direction or i mean i think it's it was a healthy pressure you know the pressure from a mom and a dad that just want the best for their quite kid similar, yeah. yeah so it's, it they never said you must do this but they'd say son please go to uni it, it'll, it'll allow you it'll open yeah. doors for you it'll open this and this so yeah I mean if you want to, if it's black and white yes of course it was pressure in a way because I do did want to make them happy as well yeah. but I also believe that this will make me happy yeah. you know but I didn't know better so yeah i mean me me then trying to find my path me trying to find what I want to do I went to open you know like this they have some sort of conferences where you can go and there's all these like um employees, uh, empl- uh, employers sorry that uh show oh if you work for us we can offer you this that's what it's like you know it's it's yeah, like a conference where you mm-hmm. see all these kind of like, you know, people job, and business, job offers, job, office, fair. job yeah. fair, exactly it's a fair. And I was always like, ugh and funny enough, which I tell a lot of people is that when I was in these last three years of high school, I always told people I want to become a manager. A manager of what? <laughs> like to me, I I I assumed a manager is oh it's something good. You 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 could be a manager of a of, uh, Woolworth, you could be a manager yeah. of college. like you know what I mean? Like doesn't mean anything. But So for me, it was like, I want to become a manager, I want to make money, I want to wear a suit, you know, I want to make it because ultimately for me, money meant success in a way. Mm -hmm. If I'm rich, then I'm happy, you know. I think a lot of people think that, especially when they're growing up, you know, seeing things, uh, you know, assuming that if you have money, you are happy, you know, something that obviously later on I realized is not the case. And, uh, but yeah, it was always important for me that I go to university. So... Before I, do, before I wanted to go to university though, for me it was also clear that I want to travel a little bit. And that, I think that's where everything changed for me because straight after high school then, once I graduated, I moved to America for a year because I was working for Walt Disney World. And my role was a cultural representative, uh, that was called cultural representative program, which ultimately, ultimately meant that I had to represent my, my culture, German, uh, Germany. Um, which ultimately then though meant I was working in the beer garden. In, no in 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 in, <laughs> in uh, well, Disney World at Epcot um, at nineteen years old at nineteen exactly yeah nineteen years old or eighteen I can't and remember, you can't even I remember. Drink in America, yeah exactly I couldn't even drink but I was selling beer because in America you can sell alcohol when you're sixteen but you can't consume it in case what? you didn't know it. Wow. all what the viewers out there that's what there you, you <laughs> that's a, that's a fun fact <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah I moved to America and coops I tell you that was the best decision and best year of my life period nothing has topped that yet. Really. And I mean I don't say that lightly because that really had opened my eyes so so vividly.
0: That's more than the general.
1: There's more yeah, exactly. And there's more than just following the red race of high school high school ideally work during high school so that when you're done with high school you already have an employee that wants you sees that you have experience and then you work for the rest of your life. There's so much more than that. Such as travelling, such as experiencing life. Mm. You know? So moving to America and having that experience of a lifetime, meeting so many people from all over the world, different cultures and customs and all that kind of stuff. In California? Uh, were, no, Orlando. in Florida, Orlando, yeah. exactly. So yeah, it just really opened my eyes, you know, and it made me realize I am not ready. I'm not ready for this, for this system yet. You yeah, know, the ready. Yeah, this, I'm not ready for the system yet, exactly. So yeah, spending that year there and then coming home after that year was so daunting and devastating to me because it's something that I had completely forgotten about, that this still exists, my life in Germany. So then when I came back, I was, yeah, I think now I would say depressed almost. Yeah, you know, Back then, I wasn't realizing that. I think no one really was. But I was so desperately unhappy with having to you know now follow the system once again. Mm. I was like, I can't do it. Life like, shouldn't I, only be good for one exactly, year. Exactly, it shouldn't be. Absolutely not. You know, and this is something that yeah, that really meant a lot to me, and really like had me struggling. And even my mom could see could see that. And once again, as I said earlier, my parents never put a lot of pressure on me. Especially, so what'd
0: you do when you got home from America? When, when
1: I got home, I had this mo had this deep. Yeah, I fell into a hole a little bit, and then trying to plan my next step. So, but I also knew I wanted to do uni. It's still that still you know was hovering over my head because I assumed that I have to do that. I need to have that, you know, in my life. And this is part of life, you know, as much as I didn't want to do it really. So I told my mom, hey, whilst, whilst I was in America, a lot of people told me that Australia is a cool country to visit and you travel around. And I know uni uh, university wouldn't start until I think September, right? So had around six month, months to kill here in between. And I had, I had actually um, applied for university in the Netherlands, in Maastricht. It's a very good university studying to study international business because I, I didn't know what else to study, right? Mm. Um, so I told my parents about this. They're like, "Yeah, okay, go for it." I mean, yeah, might as well get that in as well before you, you know, lock start to Lock time. in <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, great, great, great." Went ahead with this. Went to uh, went to move. No, moved. Travel to Sydney, Australia. That was my How first long stop for
0: three months. Uh, the be- plan
1: was to come, like, to travel for four to five months, maybe, and then yeah. come back in time so I can prepare for my move to the Netherlands to university if I get accepted, right? Uh, so moved to Australia, didn't know much about it. I knew you guys have kangaroos. I know you have koalas and there was a Sydney opera house. I didn't even know that, um, that Sydney was by the ocean for some reason. I had no idea. I don't know. It was such a last minute decision in a way, you know, and it seemed pretty crazy because I just moved, decided to go on the other side of the so world. you're like
0: 20 at this time?
1: Uh, 20. Yeah. I think so. Roughly about that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, how old are you now by way? I'm 28 now. Okay. Yeah. So I was around twenty years old, or twenty. Yeah, it must have been twenty. Um, and uh, yeah, I moved to Australia, to Sydney, checked in my hostel, and you know, st- dived right in, into the travel lifestyle, the backpacker lifestyle kind of thing. You know, staying in a hostel for a couple of weeks, trying a couple of jobs here and there. But relatively quickly, I realized, damn, this is beautiful out here. People are nicer, more open-minded. It seemed that it seemed like there are more opportunities here. You know, which till this day I believe there are. And, um, yeah, I really fell in love with this country. I genuinely did. I really, really had a good time here. I had a good job in hospitality, meeting a lot of people, made good money. And, you know, time passes quickly as you know, when you have fun, you know? So then eventually, you know, I I had a letter from university saying, yo, you got accepted into uni. And that's something that I'm supposed to be happy about, especially because it was a good uni and isn't that what I'm supposed to do, going to uni and be happy about, right? You see all these reaction videos online of people and getting accepted, accepted and they're going uni. crazy. And At this point, I also want to say there's nothing wrong about uni, but if you, really, like, if, if you need to do uni to get to your dream job, then this is the right way. But in my case, it was just something that I thought I had to do once mm. again. So I wasn't really happy about it because I knew this means that I can not continue what I'm currently doing. So I pushed this decision to come back further and further and further back, all, all the way to me changing my flight from going back to Australia, because by that time I was actually in Thailand traveling, um, and at the airport, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to go back to Sydney. I got to go back to Germany to try this out with university. Yeah. At the airport, dude, I told the lady from Thai Airways to get my luggage off the plane. Like that, that's, that's how I made the decision. I had called my dad prior to the airport crying because I was like, I, I had so much pressure on me. I, there was, I felt like the whole world is collapsing on me because I left it till the last minute. That's my, my, my fault. But still, I had so much going on and so many decisions to make, so many big decisions mm. that I just failed. Just, Didn't make any of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I stagnated, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, last minute decided to go back to Germany because I knew I need to try this out. And Maybe right. you love that too, yeah. Exactly, and because I was like, fuck, what, what if this is actually something that I would have really enjoyed and I, have ne- I would have never tried? So yes, I did. I went back to Germany, straight to the Netherlands to try this uni gig out, you know? Everyone had their apartment sorted. I hadn't because obviously I didn't prepare for it. Tried it for, I think, a month or so, realized I hated it, like really did not, or... Not maybe heading Are you up, really
0: going to give four years of your life exactly when you just left? A year like, and a half of living? I just
1: left Sydney with a cool job that I enjoyed, with a lifestyle that is unmatched by anything that I've ever experienced before. And now I'm sitting here in this little, little city, town, rather, trying you know, to trying to like, notes. oh yeah, one plus one is two. Like, you know, like it was so, like again, depressing, really. Yeah. So I told my parents, listen, I cannot do this. I need to go back to Australia. And I did. I went back to Australia. And did I, you just pens- uni? I think that No, I just can't I went to the office, said guys, I really <laughs> appreciate y'all, but I gotta go back to Australia And uh, they were like what? It's like, yeah. This is not really working for me, man. And it's not your fault, it's me. Did it I cost you a
0: bit of my like you
1: uh, I mean, is whatever. free you need free in Europe, so it's not a big oh, deal at all. I think I paid I wasted maybe five hundred euros because that's yeah. like a yeah, like a fee that you pay, yeah. I don't know. But you know, wow, so, so uni's free, uni's here. free too, yeah. So, yeah, I said latest, you know what I mean, and uh, yeah. booked myself a ticket back to Australia, back to Sydney, and continued just where I you know left off. What really. sort of a,
0: and so, you're just like, screw it, I'll do a year working holiday visa, yeah, exactly. That, because my visa
1: was still valid, right? My yeah. year- working holiday visa, so I went back on that and uh, yeah, worked my job at the nightclub, which I really enjoyed, and you know, did what I loved doing. And well, like you just worked
0: at a nightclub at night, and yeah, exactly, money exactly. The day.
1: Money was so good; I was able to afford everything by just working twice a week. You know, like if it, to me, it seemed like so like because you'd live uh, the backpacking life. Yeah, exactly. You're like,
0: Wait, I can work two nights and just and live
1: cheap. Exactly, and exactly. you know, like do why why it? why am I why am I why am I trying to like do what everyone else is doing, and I'm not being happy when I can do something that is so makes much more happy, makes yeah. me happy and makes me good money too, right? But also, once again. I told myself as well, I will do uni still in Australia. That's something that I, because by that stage, I think then it was quite evident for me. It's like, okay, I do this leap of faith of me just canceling uni, but I I made a promise to myself here as well. It's like, but I got to do uni in in Australia. Mm. It was really important to me then by that stage because I felt like I'm failing the system completely. I don't want to fail the system completely here. I don't know. Still something that was engraved in my brain. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So when I was back in Australia and doing my thing, I decided to go to university and study business, intentional business. Same thing, basically, yeah. But the only difference in Australia is you pay a lot of money. Mm. The entire degree in fact cost me I think I think sixty five thousand dollars. Wow. Right? Which is a lot of money. Even more for fun, I know, exactly. Yeah. Even, yeah, I paid I paid triple, basically. That's sixty five thousand it might go even more, I think maybe. And I yeah, I did that because I knew I like I wanna have some some sort of backup. How plan. much have you used that degree? We get to that later. <laughs> 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 so not much, just put it that way. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. And yeah, so I started doing that. But also at the same time, whilst I was going to uni and like living an Australian lifestyle, I developed this or disco- rediscovered this passion of mine, which is videography. Right? I had actually in America the year previous in America I had captured my my travels on a gopro that i was gifted by a friend of mine who just bought his his own gopro as well and i was like "Fuck, this is great and he got me one for my birthday and shooting on this one of the first gopros i think the gopro hero three capturing <laughs> my year and i remember i had posted this recap video of the states and people were loving it if i look back now it's so trash but people were loving it right and i was like oh this is fun i w- and then it was like i want to do this again and then when i had planned this whole australia thing I was like, oh, I'm going to capture my travels in Australia. So I bought myself an, a newer GoPro, like invested even in the best best one back then. And then as I was going to uni, like decided to like do this thing for the next couple of years. I captured my travels, like little th- things here and there. Then drones came out as well. So I got a mm. drone. Things became a bit more serious, but still as a hobby. I didn't charge people yeah. money yeah, or anything by that stage. So so while I was, whilst I was doing uni, uh, nightclub work, I also, you know grew the, uh, like looked after that seed of mine which is videography right and like you know gave it a bit of water here and here here and yeah, there yeah. you know Felt, it Kept, yeah yeah exactly and uh, yeah and then realized and then the, the 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 more i shot the more I filmed you know consistency yeah i'm um, the more consistent i was with the filming people like starting to recognize me and or like recognize me uh, acknowledge that hey you got something dude like you're good at this you should pursue this why are you what, what are you doing you need you you, you starting media or something or graphics and mm oh film and I was like no I'm actually doing a business degree and like oh okay interesting you know what I mean yeah and, you're, you're um,
0: talented enough not be really doing it full time yeah exactly
1: and I was like ah oh,
0: it's just a hobby it's just a hobby so the clues are always there the you clues are always me? there
1: the clues are always there you know and that actually also reminds me of, back in high school there was a teacher of mine politics teacher sorry not politics uh, uh, history teacher and he told me uh, at my last last day of class he said he took me aside he's like Fabio I've really enjoyed teaching you here in history class but I also want to tell you that you're, you're the kind of guy that if you're not happy with something, make sure you do not pursue this. you got to do what you're truly happy about. And I can see that you, know, you, you, don't, you haven't figured it out yet. But not, but if you're ever in a, moment, in a situation where you realize that you are not happy with what you're doing, don't do it. Follow your heart. He said that just randomly. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it powerful? Like, so powerful. What, Just one sentence. I know. To stay with you forever. Just like forever. And even more like he actually died a couple of months later. I remember. Yeah, he had a heart attack or something. So that always yeah. stayed with me. You know? So then fast forward again. that We, we just uh, were last. I, um, yeah, people realized that I'm pretty good with a with camera. You know, and stuff like that. You know? And like posting a little bit on my Instagram and stuff. You know? Travel content. That was a time of like... That was a time when... Travel content became cool. You know, JL of ours, when you did like all this stuff, like that was that time, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I never took it serious, never acted on it, knew I need to do uni, need to do this, you know? And then in the last year of uni, I actually got a scholarship, a scholarship based on my grades because I did really well at university. That was probably also... Partially because of me paying so much money. So I was like, oh, I've got to make this worth it. Mm. And the scholarship entitled me to $10,000 that was put towards my fees, which was great. And also granted me a graduate position at a property investment firm. <laughs> trapped, trapped you in. Trapped you in, yeah. <laughs> here's the money and here's the handcuffs. You know, like, yeah. It oh. was so, like, ah, oh, so, like, yeah. So, I like, ironic, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so... I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take the money. And as I took the money, the handcuffs went on kind of thing. And but I, it got me stoked. I was like, oh, I'm being recognized for something that I'm not yeah. so good at, but not passionate about it at all, right? Mm. So then when I graduated, I was working at this property investment firm for a while, you know, and it was great. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought it was, like, I made it. I was wearing a suit. I, I, I yeah, I, I genuinely thought I made it. Period. I was on the 50th floor, window seat on the office, corner, like, you know, really, really cool. What about with
0: your visa once here, were there? Uh,
1: I was on the post-study visa. The, 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 the so you get a, a couple years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Gives you a couple of years after because you spent so much money in the country, basically, for your education. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I was working there and that's where everything changed, like badly in a way. Me working in this office. So you like twenty five here? No, not yet. I'm twenty three. Twenty three. So you smash I, out uni. I think so. Or oh, maybe no. Wait, no. I must have been older. 25. No, twenty five. You're right. I was twenty five. Actually, you're right. Yeah, I was twenty five, uh, because I didn't start uni directly. You know, I yeah, was a bit, a bit of farm. Yeah, a bit of farm. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, bit of work <laughs> here, then, and like stuff like that. So yeah, um, so by the time I was twenty five, exactly, I graduated high school, got the got the permanent uh, got the graduate position at this company, as I said. Super corporate life, very like corporate life, very exciting at this at this time. But I received it quickly, realized oh this is this is far from what I actually want to do, right? So the more I went there to work every day, I realized I'm not I'm not liking this. Like there were moments like, hold up, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Am I actually serious about pursuing this? Trying to be the very best at up, this,
0: putting a fucking suit
1: on, exactly, away. and trying to you know impress clients and do all these like you know. Things that I'm not enjoying, and Cooper, I'm telling you, like once again, back then I didn't realize, but I got very depressed. Really, like very. Like I woke up in the morning and I felt so numb. It was like I was just running on autopilot. And whilst my body was on autopilot, my mind was going a hundred miles an hour. You know, because my mind was basically punching me, saying, "You don't enjoy this. What are you doing?" Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. You know, like. But my body was acting differently. I went to work, did my thing. And I was in the office sometimes and doing nothing, you know. I think also it was partially because people didn't really know what they would, what I could do. Like because it was a graduate position, it wasn't really well organized too. So I just showed up, you know, and you know, like I don't know. It was just it was just weird. It was really weird. And there's there was a moment in this whole time there which I will never forget, which was me sitting in, in an office. Uh, me me sitting in a meeting with. With probably like ten people around me, and because I was, I think, the last one who entered the room, um, I was at the at the end of the table. So it it's almost like I was the CEO in a way, like all these people around me. Yeah, and um, the meeting was happening. I had pretty much no idea what we we're talking about. Like I do not know, I didn't really get it, right? And then at the end of the meeting, my, the, the 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 person who was like my mentor looked after me, was like, "Oh, so what do you th- what do you think of this meeting? Like, what you, what are your thoughts on this?" And she caught me so off guard. That I said, oh, it's a good meeting. It was a great meeting. And everyone starts laughing, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, laughing. That's good. Like, I'm, I'm they, think, they think it's funny. And then, like, once everyone was like, stop laughing, she's like, no, like, actually, what do you think? And I started to just, like, uh, like, because I didn't understand what's going on. I think I've never felt so small in my life. Like, I felt like I was just falling inside my body and from away from this, like, source of light you know oh the God. room started to get a uh, vertical effect and I was at the end of the table too so all like everyone looked oh. at me really a core memory of mine that I think of when I think about corporate life it was it was horrible obviously in the grand scheme of things, it's not as bad but in that moment I felt horrible so horrible that I left work earlier that day because and also it just made me realize this is not for me like I hate it here I absolutely yeah. hate it here and I remember I also called my mom I think crying the next day of how unhappy I am. And she she also didn't know what to do. She's like... Yeah, like, you're doing what you're like, supposed to. Yeah, like you're, not, you're doing yeah. what you're supposed to do. Like, I don't know how I can help your son. Like, like it sucks because she want, also want mm. just wanted the best for me. And funny enough, this whole, like, get position happened right when COVID started to come in, right? So when COVID happened then, they actually had promised me a permanent, permanent role with, within the office, right? But ready for Cookie, when COVID started to kick in. I think it was like 2019, 2020, I they was like, hey, we actually can't keep you on. Sorry, we gotta make you redundant. And I was like, what? And then I am like, yeah, it's not. I paid it's, you. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't even pay me out. Oh, no, because get, I wasn't on a, Yeah, like, I was on a graduate. <laughs> I was in a great position still, so it wasn't really like you know, mm. so. They made me redundant, and I was—I couldn't believe it. I was so shocked by it that they would, you know, do that, and I was so yeah, angry. You,
0: yeah, because he worked so hard find all these things, uh, uh, exactly,
1: and, and like all these things, you know, and it's exactly I like, "What you needed and wanted?" Yeah, that, that, exactly. You
0: didn't want—you wanted it on your terms. I wanted, in my
1: terms, I wanted to make the call. I wanted to shot uh, call the shots here, yeah. you know. And I was devastated. And then after that, I found another office job, right. And with that one, I also got made, I also was made redundant because they didn't. Re- they because they thought COVID was just temporary, but then it realized it became serious and serious, you know, more serious. And I was made redundant with them from that from that uh, office job too. And that was the moment, Cooper, where I was like, No, no more. I'm not doing this anymore. This is my sign right now. It happened twice to me now. I'm not gonna let this happen to me three it times really in a row. my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna take, you know, take the chance. I'm gonna better myself here, and so I did, and this aligned perfectly with me starting FPV, which I call these days my FPV journey. This is exactly how it all started, and I remember when I, you know, made the purchase finally on this FPV drone because previously in my office job, I remember that I, whilst whilst I was working, I looked at the other screen, like researching FPV and all those kind of things, and always making up an excuse, always making up an excuse. For oh, I don't have time. I'm good enough. This is this is this is not worth it. Uh, this is not secure. This is not a real job or like content creation in general. I know people are telling me it's just a hobby, but I generally believe this is not the right thing to to do. Instead, I should pursue this office life. So when I was made redundant and this decision was take was taken from me and I was pushed out of this comfort zone, you know, I had no other choice. I was like out of that circle of comfort and I was like. Hmm, let's give it a go. What do I have to lose? Nothing. I generally didn't have anything mm. to lose. And I, yeah, I started to better myself and pursue this FPV thing, content creation. I started to document this journey online because I believed that it would help me to hold myself accountable. It would help me to show up. It would help me to stay consistent. And it would help me to, you know, look back on this later on, like now, and think, hey, this was the right thing to do. I love that you say that because I feel the same way with a lot of the
0: stuff I do I sometimes get like a bit of self-doubt and feel like people might think that by documenting like my sober journey and stuff that it's me trying to get recognition, yeah. but I love the no. way that you said it's for you to keep yourself accountable. Absolutely. And I feel the exact same way with so much of the stuff I do. I might sound like a broken record saying the yeah, same yeah, stuff yeah, all the yeah. time, but it's like I need to do it for me. Exactly. I'm And, doing it, this and, by the, and the byproduct is it's good to have exactly. content yeah. always out exactly. and then you grow with it. So it's like... Absolutely. And yeah, you, it, it's overcoming that
1: fear of like judgment. It's yeah. like oh, who cares? I'm doing exactly. It for me. And you know, and also the beautiful thing of this is as well, whilst you documenting your journey and holding yourself accountable, you never know who's watching. Mm. You never know there may be someone who's in the exact same position. Sees your video of you know pursuing your thing and is like, you know what? Fuck I want to do this now, yeah. fuck it. I'm gonna do myself as well here and I'm gonna try my best to pursue that one thing mm. that I thought because i are doing do. it authentically, exactly. Like, yeah, watching your footage, yeah. You know? And okay. I generally get goosebumps of this, mm. like because it's so and dude, I get so many messages all the time or comments or people tagging me in their work saying, yo, you inspired me to do this, and you know. When we go back in time there there was once upon a time there was me as well thinking mm. of johnny or other creators out there who were uh, doing fpv thinking the same thing they inspired me to start my journey you know mm. what i mean so yeah as i said documenting this journey taking people on with me you know like it's like like come, guys come walk with me just come walk this way with me this path you know mm. like let's see where this is heading let's see where this is going and also getting that feedback from other people who were watching me and giving me the love and support really it was like gave me that feeling of yo I'm doing a, I'm doing a good thing here I'm doing the right yeah. thing here you know what I mean and I did say this on a, another on another podcast before as well a good friend of mine told me once if you're in the right path there is no rush and this is something that stuck with me especially during that time because I felt for the first time in my life I'm on the right path here mm. I'm genuinely feeling happy even if I'm financially struggling. I'm pursuing something that I'm truly passionate about and there is no rush because the journey is everything here, not Mm. the destination, you know? Because in fact back then I didn't even know where the destination is. Mm. So yeah, starting to, you know, get take people on board and creating more and more content, you know, being consistent. This is the key to everything in life, whether it's the gym, whether it's a business, whether it's your own creative process, whether you know it's you trying to improve your skills. Consistency is key. Mm. Period. Nothing goes above that. I think so many people
0: start something, do like a week or two or a month or two or three, six months and their stuff doesn't get traction and they give up. And I feel like that a bit with this podcast. I think people like look at it and go, oh, it's successful. It's like I've done two and a half years of, I mean, almost a year now, three episodes a week. And it's only like just ticked over getting like, a thousand downloads a day mm. which is like people expect that in their first video yeah, on youtube exactly. it's of like course you got to like learn to yeah that yeah. you're not doing it for no, no, the no viewer you're doing it for yourself absolutely and, as a, and then now i'm learning like now i've got a hundred episodes for people to go back and listen to of course the numbers are going to be more because there's a yeah, backlog and of you've course built trust and you absolutely. show that you're going to consistently show up for the person yeah who's consuming the content you put out
1: no absolutely and i think by you, you know, creating a hundred podcasts, a hundred videos, a hundred photos, you will be able to look back on your, on your first photo and see the difference in your work too. You realize your first podcast or your first piece mm. of content definitely wasn't your best, and that goes back to what I said earlier with my first video that I posted about mm. my American trip. Dude, it's it's not horrible, but like it's, it's compared to now, you can't compare it. Yeah. That's a good thing. That shows growth. It shows that you improved. It's a great you can way to persevere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I completely understand it. I can see it too. I remember, like when we met a year ago, you did your podcast, and like, look what it evolved into. Yeah, it's a movement now, bro. It's yeah. a mo- It truly is, you know. Especially your good human factory and what you do, and like the amount of people that reach out. I remember actually last year when, when you had started your 1% club. That's remember? right, I, that was, the, I met you just yeah, when then, it started. Dude, I that's know. consistency, there you, uh, go. there you go. I'm
0: about to hit 500 days yeah, next that's week. That's insane, right.
1: congrats dude, Like that is crazy. Mm. That shows consistency is key, period. Nothing goes over that. And a lot of people need to realize this, do not compare your day one with someone else's day 5,000. Mm. It doesn't work like this because if you do that, you will feel that you are so far behind that your journey is maybe not worth it. No, oh, it's like focus on you. Se- focus, focus on yourself, King, and don't look at other people. Stop. Don't, don't look at other people. Don't compare yourself with others. Like you said, it's
0: like if you turn to page two hundred of a two hundred and fifty page book. Yeah. And you've read everything up to page 200 and then somebody else is on page one that you're expected to have the knowledge of all of those 200 pages. Absolutely not. not. Like, exactly. You learn every single day. Absolutely. It's like a new page to exactly. learn like, new things and then you put it to your craft. If it works, keep it. If not, whereas people are so scared of not being perfect and people are so scared of failure that it oh, just, it cruels me how many people yeah, are waiting no. for that feeling of confidence to yeah. come before taking the leap at no. something. And like, you had the signs as well. And like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's never... Throw them, you know what I mean. It's never talking down to people who haven't taken that risk, but as two people who have kind of taken that risk and started their own thing, it is yeah very liberating.
1: Yeah, it is absolutely, and this is something that till the stage, till the stage, really freaks me out. Where I, sometimes, I, like especially when I'm in a, a position where I feel very grateful for what I currently have, and then followed by that, imagine I wouldn't have started. Imagine you know I wouldn't have started to trust myself and bet on myself and do what I love doing it would be devastating imagine you could i could see that other person right now if i wouldn't have done the things that i'm currently doing mm. and to me to, to also to think that i actually didn't do that active decision it was made for me by mm. losing my job yes of course i decided to you know get into it but also I didn't decide to lose my job I didn't decide to quit you might still be there if who knows? I would happen. be still you know maybe I would be sitting here in a suit right now telling how depressed I am now like, you know what I mean like who knows so to me that is a very scary feeling and something I'm very grateful for that this has happened to me in my 20s not in my 40s or 50s when I then you know look back on my life and be like damn I wish I would have taken that leap of faith back then mm. you know um so Yeah let's talk about from
0: 2020 yeah. the journey to growing to building a business out yeah. of this so that you can maintain yeah. doing it quickly yeah, that's yeah, yeah. um a
1: nice part of the story I think. yeah of course um i mean yeah so as i was going you know i got it got more I, I, so I, you
0: left those jobs that's covered yeah on a bridging visa or whatever it is oh no
1: so i was still on the post study visa because they had nothing to do with okay. me having to be tied to a job or anything okay. like that but then yeah after that i had to go back on a student visa yeah. So you studied something again? Yeah, huh? exactly. But just like a course, like you know, nothing university, you know, yeah, like yeah. not no university level. It's just like a certificate kind uh-huh. of thing. And then, what are you doing for money? Through here? just FPV stuff? Or uh, yeah, any sort of videography work really. yeah, you know? so, yeah I mean, I, I did still work twice a week on a boat, See. which really aligned once again with my interest too, because I it allowed me to meet people, allowed me to uh, network, allowed me to make a lot of new friends who were very like very valuable. And um also yeah really enhanced my life in my social life in a way there too because I wasn't having a big I didn't really have a big social life when I was going new new much because I was so focused on on university and and, and work like there wasn't much free time. So while well, when I then decided to do this journey, I had a job twice a week on a boat, which was perfect because I was able to cover my bills, you know, my the fixed bills like rent and stuff. Mm. And then on the side I was obviously pursuing my, my creative work, you know, videography, FPV. Uh, anything that you know somehow would you know pay bills and also like help like me to build my dream yeah. and my journey. You know what I mean. So very grateful how that turned out. Then there and whilst I was doing this, I was regularly posting on Instagram. As I said, consistency is key. Content is king in that part as well. So I was able to capture very amazing content and and captivate the audience with what I did with what I did and building an, an organic community and um, people who are really really happy to be part of my journey and that really helped me to build a profile online as well which then helped me to find clients or clients mm. find me brands want to, brands wanting to associate with me um all sorts of things really you know
0: yeah i think it's really interesting as well in your line of work and i feel like a lot of creatives in nowadays, because of the opportunity from a like financial and a job point of view yeah. are trying to start by learning a skill relatively good and then trying to like get clients whereas you went so hard with becoming the best at your craft yeah what do you have to sort of say on that part of your journey because i feel like there's quite a lot of young people who are like oh you know what i want to be a photographer and the yeah. first thing they do is start going to clients yeah. to,
1: rather than actually getting gotcha. really good and shooting for gotcha. free and building their skill i mean i think that's a, that's actually a great point because i think first first the first thing you have to do is work on your own craft mm. don't chase clients you know because you have to also understand the client wants the best his buck so and in the beginning you probably are not able to provide that and that's completely fine that's completely okay because you only just learn that i felt the same with
0: me doing my workshops like i
1: wish i did
0: more for free at the beginning of my journey than i did because i reckon it would have accelerated me in the long
1: run and there's something you learn along the journey you know sometimes you Fail, which ultimately is not failing. It's just you, you know, learning. Find right a way not to do that, it. Exactly. So I think it's very important to have that fail moment because you realize, okay, maybe let's try the try the other way. Was there any fail moments like that for you? Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, that you can think of that stands out, or if not, can you think of a big opportunity that was like a Kickstarter for you?
1: An opportunity that was a Kickstarter for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. The GoPro. That, yeah <laughs> definitely. That, definitely. No. Actually, definitely the trip that I did with Alex and Sam. To Margaret River, oh that, was that yeah, yeah, opener. yeah, that had changed everything, dude. Wow, okay. because on that trip, I like yeah, so I was with Alex and Sam um, on the trip to Margaret River for the WSL Championship with Red Bull, and I had the chance to shoot Italo Ferrara, the back then world champion in surf, and because of me shooting that, that shoot, uh, that 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 shot of him. Um, I believe also Red Bull was able to see what I was capable of doing and what I was able to produce and also GoPro after that, you know what I mean? And then thanks to Sam and um, Alex who then, you know, I guess through them also uh, GoPro was aware that what I was capable of doing, I quickly, you know, had a meeting with them after that, relatively quickly after, and then was officially part of the GoPro family. So that's definitely a moment of appreciation also of friends, of, uh, you know, them believing in me. But also having the skill level that it's Absolutely. worthwhile for you to put you And forward. also, to be fair, back like on uh, the lead up to the situation I had already, of course, practiced. Exactly. And, you know, this is just to go back to what you said earlier. This wasn't like a day one thing. This no, happened no, like this was I was... A year. Of, yeah, that was almost a year in, I would say, you know, like maybe eight months or so. So definitely as a piece of advice for anyone who's starting out or, or starting out to follow their passion or with their dream you got to start somewhere you got just got to start that's the most important part here and don't expect at the start to get all the big gigs coming through or everyone saying yo we want you because you got to provide something you got to add value to them too you know i i appreciate that you when you have a lot of confidence in yourself that you believe that you can do anything and you probably are capable of that too but also you got to respect that there is there are some lessons to learn and some skills to acquire and that's part of it and you should never just look at the destination you know till this day i believe that I have come, I have come so far, not to come only that far. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm here for the journey. I'm not here just to make, meet the go- goal. I will be, in fact, forever on the journey, and mm. that's what I want to do. Because that's where you learn things, where you experience things, where you truly appreciate what you have. Because once you're at the destination, what's it, well, it to do? Yeah, all you can do is look back. And then you stagnate, right? Mm. So you, in the ideal world, I want to be on the journey forever. Mm. And the destination ultimately then would be death. Mm. Because that's when then everything is over. You know what mm. I mean? I think it's something very important. To me, There, there is no destinations. There is no destination. There is, There are certain milestones I want to achieve, for sure. There are certain goals, yes. But there is no end stage. Mm. There's no destination. There's always a journey. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important relating
0: to starting something new that I look at it like this. I look at it like with what I'm doing right now. If I wanted to go and be a builder, I'd have to do four years in as a, as an apprentice mm. to even get to a point mm. that I could be like left on my own. Let's say, yeah, like somewhat. Mm. With what I'm starting as a business, I'm like, I'm two years in. I'm like a second year apprentice. Like I'm just still learning how to like cut the pipes as an apprentice no. plumber. Like I don't need to try and compare myself to the builder who's owned his business for a few years just because I'm starting something like this. Yeah, I just feel like once you like confuse the timeline of the success that comes with starting exactly. something, well, yeah, it's just that like comparing your chapter one to someone else's chapter exactly. fifty. But no, it's um it's been really cool to watch your journey and then coming into it. So once those big opportunities happened, um, you came and shot this GoPro thing for Sam. Yeah, and then there was the GoPro. Million dollar... Million dollar challenge. Challenge. Yeah, man. So yeah, let's talk about those couple Bro, of moments because that was when yeah, we got to spend quite a lot yeah, of time together when Sam needed to yeah. shoot something for the new GoPro yeah, and that's when then then 10. you spent three weeks yeah. together living at my house. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. That was I was epic. Bro, till the state 2021 was my year. Definitely, by far. That year was when I was truly taking off. I was so deep in my journey like fully locked into my seat and ready for yeah, this to yeah. conquer like editing all night all night all exactly day, sky uh, sky ain't the limit that was my motto and still is but particularly in that year and that time of my life i was working flying harder. working hard play harder you know what i mean and uh, yeah that gig with Sam once again you know giving me the opportunity to join him on this trip to shoot for the gopro 10 and uh, by then i was also sponsored by gopro already which was great we were traveling for what, I think five weeks almost, yeah, to shoot just in, just in New South uh, Wales because I think Mm, back then we couldn't, borders were shut shut. and we just made the, exactly this and we made the most out of this and oh boy, was this a, was this a trip? It was one of the most, yeah, one of the most amazing time of my life once again and being able to finally being recognized for my hard work and, once again, this is something that I thought was just a hobby, something I, you know, I was like, oh, well, let's give it a crack. Something like, that I, I hadn't believed in. Helicopter. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, that was insane. And when well, after that gig, I then I think at the end of the year in December, then I had won the GoPro Hero Million Dollar Challenge, which was just a cherry on top of this all because mm. it just was like the recognition of. The top of the top, you know, saying you've done the right thing. Yeah, do you want to explain the GoPro? Million yeah, of course. Sorry. To- so basically, the GoPro Hero Million Dollar Challenge is a challenge where which GoPro launches every year, and with the new with the new camera, and basically you have a couple months time to shoot as much as you can on your on your new GoPro, and you can submit your best clips to GoPro, and ultimately at the end of the year, GoPro will go through all your submissions and will make an edit out of the best clips that come that were submitted. And whoever gets selected, which is usually, you know, around 20 people or so, or maybe more, I can't remember. It's probably more, probably around 50. Um, they all win a share of 1 million USD dollars. And out of 28,000 submissions, apparently, I was one of them. Wow. I was number, I don't know, I think 12 or so. Okay. And my shot was selected right at the drop of the song. And I had remembered that uh, one of the guys who works for GoPro, who I follow, he had mentioned just before the release of the GoPro here Million Dollar Challenge winners. You should win. Uh, you, whoever whoever submitted their clips should record themselves just in case. Just in case you win and you have the, your live reaction on it. And I just saw it like five minutes before I you know, the thing went live. I was like okay, let's do it. Got got a GoPro on, got a camera on, every angle covered. Who knows, you know? And I kid you not, I'm like you know not even not even twenty seconds into the into the video my clip pops up on the screen <laughs> and I have uh, goosebumps and I think a lot of people who follow me closely know exactly what clip I'm talking about which was me filming a soccer ball as it was kicked f- I
0: can't believe the basketball one didn't get in yeah, too I know. I, yeah, imagine but, if you got by. I know but that
1: was on the GoPro 9 that's why ah. I wasn't I couldn't submit that one I know that was a crazy one too so that was selected and you just see me screaming on top of my lungs I think at 1am because of the time difference um Screaming, going crazy, throwing things, looking at the camera, actually like I'm expecting someone to tell me that this is not true, just losing everything and also crying after dude, as well. And that's
0: 18 months after you get fired from a job. that yeah, you Yeah, know, I think it even less, dude. That was like a
1: year after, roughly. You know, mm. and I just couldn't believe it. And I there's a there's a part of this video that I think no one has seen where I just talk in the camera for like five minutes, thanking everyone, you know, taking a moment of appreciation also of This was not just a win for me this was a win for everyone who has been supporting and was part of my journey because without y'all i wouldn't have been able to do all this you know Mm. because yes of course it takes it's me who's doing all these things but having the support of all these people telling me that i'm doing a good job and supporting me with you know their contribution whether it's likes comments or just reaching out saying "Yo, you're doing a good thing that helps me to to always push myself to, to always push myself and try new things and you know, being confident in what I'm doing, you know what I mean? And yeah, winning that GoPro million dollar challenge was just a cherry on top. Like it was just at the end of the year. Yes, the money was obviously great as well, winning I think around $23,000 Australian, but it was more more so the recognition. Mm. The recognition from GoPro, of course, a brand that I was fond fr- fond of since the GoPro yeah. Hero 3, who also happens to be the camera that I first shot on, the video from yeah, America, yeah. and now being recognized by that brand. For my passion, something that was a, I was just meant to do as a hobby. Yeah, mind-blowing. Mind wow. Mind. Yeah, it was that's, a great way to end the year. That's crazy. And then coming into this year, we'll get pretty
0: close to wrapping up now. But yeah. Coming into this year, what have you been up to? And um, Oh, man. Yeah, what's uh, What's life looking yeah, like? So, you can obviously just see how happy you are. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I fucking I love I that. <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, the dude. I incredible. appreciate it. Yeah, what, um, what's been happening in 2022 and what's the future looking like?
1: 2022 has been crazy. There's a lot of things for me also as a creative that got more serious because obviously bigger gigs come through, bigger, more responsibility, responsibility more bigger budgets, of course, as well in a way, but also, yeah, bigger projects where it's not just, you know, showing up and doing a thing, but where it also takes a bit more you know, looking into planning, myself and thinking yeah. and planning, which I'm really passionate about as well, which is something that I'm really grateful that I get to do. That's something actually I always say. When I do th- certain things that may not be as exciting, you know, on paper, I always tell myself that, yo, I'm not, I'm not here to, um, I, I always tell myself, I don't have to do this. It's I get to do this. And that's a huge difference and also helps me sometimes to just shift that mindset because sometimes you have these like split seconds of being like, ugh. This sucks yeah, and editing if you, for all in the editing, life. exactly, but then he's like, like, Yo, yeah. wait, 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 I, I get be to in do that this job exactly. Right? <laughs> so, don't look at the computer, scan exactly. And I don't so, do anything. I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, just trying to push the limits. I also want to do more international things, which I've been also doing lately as well. Um, because borders are obviously open now for the last year or so, so that's something I'm really grateful to that I get to, to do work overseas as well obviously also as a creative for me it's very important to secure also long term things you know because we often forget that you know right now I'm young I'm fresh I can do all these crazy things but you know who knows in 20 years time or so you know you may not be able to do as much like that so for me right now it's very important to to build a long term plan to secure myself financially as well that I am able to do things that I like FPV yeah.
0: learning school.
1: Yeah, you know who knows. Passive income is a big thing for me that I want to do. I have launched my lots, which have oh, yeah. been doing really well. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, because you know, I not mean, of surprising. course,
0: You get such a great community. Yeah, exactly. People.
1: Which, but it goes. It's back, back on them. So you know that they, that they also push me. That they also have supported me uh, beyond the likes, comments, and messages. That they mm. actually also invest financially in me, which is something I'm really grateful for. This is this doesn't come. This is not self evident to me that these people who work hard for their money decide to spend that on me, you know? So it's something I'm really grateful for. So yeah, definitely more passive income and yeah, also more creative projects where I have full authority over the entire project where I can completely come up with my idea and make it reality and that's something I'm really grateful for that I've also been, you know, supported by brands like Red Bull or GoPro who, recently also invited me to come to Switzerland off to the GoPro Creator Summit where I was able to shoot and film and connect with like-minded people for I think almost eight days. Like, dude, the the opportunities I have received through this journey have been mind-blowing and something that I will never, ever forget and I will always be grateful for. And it's like so exciting where your journey's going. Like you said, I feel like you're just scratching
0: the surface. You're pushing the limits with FPV stuff. Um, I'll leave in the show notes a few links to some of your videos because... It's ridiculous what you can do with an bro. FPV, and we've done some really fun stuff together, have, from like absolutely. some golf stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a big box of good human merch because I'm sure oh, you can think you. of something fun to do with the oh, gratitude yeah, sure. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be something fun before, um, for sure for you. But man, it's been so fun getting to catch up. Thanks, Thanks dude. I love Likewise. hearing your story. It's um, it's really special, and I think anyone listening can hopefully draw some inspiration. Do you know, like, if there's something there that you that stone that's left unturned, give it a go. Like your story is such great evidence that like what's I mean not what's the worst going to happen it's hard to like we said that from a place of privilege because mm-hmm. we've kind of had success in our yeah, life exactly. of faith, but I mean you never know unless you give it a you try you never know the,
1: it's so important to just get started that's mm. just started if you have an idea if you think something if you have even just a tiny little thought of doing something that you think you couldn't achieve or you couldn't make it give it a go yeah there's Be- a hundred
0: percent way to not achieve it it's by not doing it
1: exactly and uh, i think that's the most important part
0: absolutely all right well the last question i do finish this podcast yeah. with every single guest is what does being a good human mean to Fabrizi?"
1: ooh a good human to me means that you're that you did you are able to give back as well sometimes you know sometimes we forget that there's people out there who are not as fortunate as you are and in this in my scenario i think you no know, me being able to do what i love doing and i know there's a lot of people still who don't know what I want to do or are scared of trying something so I get a lot of t- a lot of times I get messages from people who ask me for advice and I always try my best to get back to them and not by just saying yo do it yeah yeah go for it I try to give them an insight on on how I would approach a situation because I come from a position of privilege where I can say okay oh, cool, look it worked for me and really try to give back because I couldn't have done all this without you guys mm-hmm. so this to me to apply this to me as a good human that I think is Something that, you know, stands for that. Bloody love that, man. Love well, I've love watching the journey. It's been Thank so you. cool to be in parts in
0: some of in some of your videos, which has been epic. I'm still waiting for you to make me that clip yes. that you said. Yes. I can tell you on the stove. Sorry. <laughs> no, we actually have to, yeah. No, no, but uh. man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for Thank jumping you. on. Thank you for sharing your Thank story you. and thanks for inspiring so many to chase the today.
1: Thank you.